got a bad feeling about this. What is this place? Castle Vader, the galaxy's first all-inclusive luxury theme resort. Feel the power of the dark side at the Empire Emporium. Now open. Now open. Now open. walls lies tales almost too terrifying to tell. Would you like to hear them? <laughs> Was that lightning inside? Oh, that's a big one! <laughs> the legendary tales of the Sith speak of the thirst for power. So no, join us then and take what you want. Will you please? <laughs> this isn't Devotion of the Undead. Rise! Rise! Uh-oh. And submitted for your approval. A tale of desire. I wish I was a pilot. Join the Imperial Academy. I will train you. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Is that really what happened? No, it's not. <laughs> Be afraid! Be very afraid! What do you think? <laughs> A little on the nose is what I think. Everyone gets scared, kid. <laughs> Without fear, you can't have courage. Here's B1496-1138. <sighs> Welcome to a very special spooktacular episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. Actually, this whole month we're going to be covering Halloween-related media, so I'm very excited for that. I'm your host, Chandler Darrochet. Joining me on the podcast today, we have Matt Lavouser. Fox Podcast! Adam Johnson. Brewster, you're so cool. <laughs> and Deagle. At last. <laughs> uh, longtime listeners will remember that we covered the Lego Star Wars holiday special when it came out um, last year. Um, mm -hmm. Eagle was supposed to be on that episode, but unfortunately was not able to make it. Yeah, technical difficulties are a uh, pain in the neck. Mm -hmm. But um, he was able to make it for this one, and I'm very excited to talk about this one because uh, we just watched uh, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. <laughs> that was a lot of fun oh yeah mm -hmm. um so let's start off by uh, kind of recapping so um matt we were kind of talking before the show um, we were trying to figure out my glitchy mic um that um you had never actually really sat down to watch any of the other lego star wars stuff before so um kind of kind of um give us what, what were your first impressions about this like you said chandler i've never i mean my only connection to lego star wars is the video games because we we had the, um, uh, I think it was the prequel trilogy in Lego Star Wars. And um, uh, so I basically basically going into this thing totally blind. And um, I thought it was pretty good. Like, you know, we had a lot of, I love the, like, you know, the world building set up around this, um, uh, around the uh, Darth Vader's old castle. And, you know, I love the, um, uh, you, know, you know, some of the stories were kind of rote. 
and overall, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Like, you know, definitely a good way for me to dip my toes into the world that is Lego Star Wars. Um, Adam, kind of, what did you, what did you think? What were your first thoughts on this? I was pleasantly surprised. Like, um, I know the holiday special, um, the Lego holiday special. Um, I, I was kind of mixed on a few things. Like I don't really have the desire to go back and revisit it. Um, but so I didn't have high expectations for this. Um, but just like the way it um, parodied horror movies, like classic 80s, 90s horror movies. Um, and even um, there's like a slight reference to Twilight Zone in there. Um, yeah, that that made that. it for me. And I really, really did enjoy that. Um, and there is the references actually that, that really um, uh, entertained me. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, one of the references that's really prominent in the trailer is uh, where one of the, the zombie battle droids uses an axe to break through the door, like yeah. Jack Torrance in The Shining. <laughs> and he's like, here's B1496-1138. It's funny because it's, it's you know, just really awkward and it's so great. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as fun to explain we're, we're, we're all like here we're all like big movie aficionados so it's definitely a lot of fun figuring out what all the references are supposed to be yeah mm-hmm. and deagle what did you think well <laughs> as many of you wonderful people that actually follow me on twitter uh link at the end of the episode hint and wink wink um i am a bit of a lego nut Uh, To the point where I have even made Lego minifigures of our wonderful host, Chandler. Hooray! (laughs) And, um, and yeah, it's, it's been a hobby of mine since as long as I can remember. And some of my favorite sets have been Lego Star Wars sets. And so you'd figure I would be, you know, kind of big into the um, Lego Star Wars animated stuff, but I really haven't been... (laughs) And this is big news coming from, you know, the mega Star Wars fan that I am, but um, I didn't really start watching the Lego Star Wars specials in earnest until the Lego Star Wars holiday special, because it was just so funnily marketed and it looked so vibrant and witty and it really was, it was super fun. And plus it was just fun to play Lego set bingo of like, okay, that, that set I recognize and so does this and that one. And so, who knows, maybe we'll be revisiting that Lego set bingo further into this podcast. Tee-hee-hee. Oh, yes. Um, so, uh, as, uh, as you guys mentioned already, um, as, as um, Adam mentioned, yeah, I'm a huge horror movie fan. So, the, when they announced that they were doing uh, uh, a kind of hor- sort of quasi-horror anthology as Lego, as a Lego Star Wars special... I was obviously like, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. Because I've, I've, I've said for a long time that just kind of a lower budget, kind of just off to the side, but still obviously in the world, um, horror movie, like maybe a monster movie or something like that set in the Star Wars universe would be really fun. Uh, oh, but, I don't think, but I don't think Disney will ever make something like that. The closest we could get is something like this or like a comic book. Um, or I mean, they do have Guillermo del Toro on uh, speed dial. They could, he could do like a pretty cool Star Wars monster movie. That would be great. But knowing Disney and Guillermo del Toro, it'll sit in development hell for years and then be quietly canceled. And then they'll, and then, they'll, they'll try to bring it back with people who worked on the, the Ghostbusters reboot. So I'm not overly confident about that. 
Or they'll get a stealth remake starring the Muppets. <laughs> well, that'll work. That'll that'll work. And there we go. Well, it'll come full circle, full freaking circle. <laughs> well, please, for the love of God, tell me that you're going to make an exception to the strictly Disney television animation only rule and cover the, that special on the podcast once it comes out. Well, we're not covering that on this podcast, but I'm going to be covering that on the realm of immersion very soon. Ooh, I'm so very excited for that. You know, Chandler, I want to circle back around to what we were saying about Star Wars and horror, um, because there's actually um, a, a, a book anthology, too. Um, I think it's directed towards kids as well. It's called uh, Dark Legends, and it's a whole bunch of other scary tales that are actually, I think they might be canon. Um, but uh, Peyton Reed, I think, when the that controversial frog episode happened in Mandalorian, um, he made a comment. He's like, you know, Star Wars has always kind of had a little bit of horror. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if I how much I agree with that because it doesn't really play into that whole bunch. But I mean, you have that great Yoda line in episode five where Luke's like, uh, I'm not afraid. And Yoda's all like, you will be, you <laughs> will be. And uh, um, and then uh, uh, Clone Wars, as you know, the this special kind of points out, has a little tinge of, of spookiness in yeah. um, the mid-season or the mid-series. Um, and of course, episode nine, I know. Oh, episode nine, but... Uh, <laughs> The whole Exegol thing is really shot like a horror film. So I think it's pretty cool that uh, Lego decided to kind of uh, um, dive into that pool a little bit to show show off a little. Um, yeah, but I just wanted to bring up that Peyton Reed comment and kind of a little history. And of course, not to mention the scores and scores of big slimy monsters you get in every Star Wars movie. Right, oh, exactly. Yeah, There's always been a little bit of not not like horror in the sense of like you know a slasher or something but <laughs> definitely in the sense of you know there's always been um you know you know scary monsters that the heroes have to fight for one reason or another usually just because it's a scary monster that mm. happens to be there isn't darth vader's rise in episode three a frankenstein reference too oh totally yeah yep yeah. To the point where, you know, the medical chamber is kind of black and white, not to, you know, belabor the point home there. We should um, probably start with the beginning of the special. So it's the, it's, it's after, presumably after the Lego Star Wars holiday special as well as just after Rise of Skywalker. And well, we do not speak of. What are you talking uh... about, Chandler? What are you talking about, Chandler? I mean, we all know the Star Wars trilogy ended with The Last Jedi. I mean, uh, someday I'll have like Rise of Skywalker. Or technically, Some... um, actually, you know what? This takes, you know what? I, I take it back. Rise of the Resistance. That ended the Star Wars saga. And, and plus, I really like the way it went with that. Like, you know, you know, actually inviting the audience to become part of the story and having them help save the galaxy. Very nice way. Kind of unorthodox, but still a nice way to end the saga. Yeah. One of, one of these days, Chandler, there's going to be someone else on this podcast that likes Rise of Skywalker too, and it's not just me. <laughs> I've grown on it. I've grown on it. I think it's a... I don't love it, but I, I I've grown on it. I'm nice to it. I Screw it, I'll take it. That, there's things <laughs> in it that are good. There's things in it that I do like for sure. Uh, he says between clenched teeth and a shotgun smile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I thought the Exegol sequence was cool, although I, I just it kind of just Palpatine coming back. Which, uh, speaking of which, oh, speaking of Palpatine, like you know, Palpatine. Uh, the, the whole thing starts at the beginning with um, right after um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, Vader and uh, Vader and Palpatine are kind of going back and forth about how you know Vader's super excited about this new castle. And by the way, I'm uh, like, well, it's a little on the nose, don't you think? 
<laughs> By the way, Emma, uh, I've never seen Lego Star Wars. Again, this is my first time seeing anything having to do with the Lego Star Wars series. Is the series kind of designed to be very tongue-in-cheek, almost like a parody? Oh, always. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because well, you know, I... That's part and parcel. That's how Lego anything rolls, really. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly. It, it's it's it never takes itself too seriously. Yeah. Um, there, and I've also watched the Star Wars Droid Tales series, which all of these are kind of written by a lot of the same people. Yeah. Uh, several of them also work on the Simpsons, and you can tell it's it's very very <laughs> fun and lighthearted. Um, yeah. Never takes I, itself too seriously. In in the the Droid Tales. Um, episode where they were talking about the events uh, where um, 3PO was re recapping the events of the prequels, um, there was a very obvious joke about how nobody wanted Jar Jar there. Mm. <laughs> and by the way, I'm, you know, I noticed that, you know, Palpatine and Vader, they kind of act like an old married couple. Yeah, yeah I, I love their dynamics so much. Yes. They, they make so like great. that in, in the holiday special too, and it's so much fun. Oh. I love it. And plus, that sequence gives us like my the immortal line from Alfred Palpatine, like, you know, Conquer first, tubby time later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you just know that in terms of the marriage dynamic that they're kind of having, Lord Vader is definitely the impulsive, um, the impulsive father, and um, Palpatine is like the you know impatient mother. And yeah, I I think this is the special that actually gives us the name of the random hood servant guy that we see first in Rogue One. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was named in like a comic book, like a random random comic book, but uh, I mean probably. But who knows? <laughs> I think Rabala is not even a. I think he's a Lego character. So who yeah, knows? Rabala is a Lego character, hmm. and he's voiced by Dana Snyder, who uh, we're also going to talk about next week um, because. He is also one of the uh, lead characters in a certain show that just came out that is awesome. Yeah. That, of course, being the ghost in Molly McGee. He plays Scratch. Which, uh, if you've been poking around Chandler's Twitter profile, he has been absolutely uh, simping for for the last couple so of days. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. It's, it's, and plus, it's, uh, I, the first time I watched the special, I was like, you know, hmm, Grabala's voice sounds so familiar. Because it's... Is that Dana Snyder? Because you know, I noticed that he had a very similar vocal inflection to Gaspacho from Chowder, because that's the role I best know Dana Snyder from. Uh, he was also in, um, he's in the Patrick Star show with something, and he's also in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He actually kind of sounded at first like Bobby Moynihan, like I, I heard a lot of Louis Duck in him. Yeah, fast, fast forward to um, after rise of skywalker and um, poe is you know being a hot shot pilot taking down some tie fighters that didn't get the memo that the first order is gone uh, tie pilots that i might add are flying first order ships but wearing imperial helmets for some reason did someone get the wrong minifigures for the for the shoot like what was happening there <laughs> yeah it's it just a little sort of a Continuity thing around. that only it, it's only something that nerds like me and you would notice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he ends up having to land on Mustafar, uh, where he finds out that Rabala the Hut has turned Vader's castle into the Galactic Star Cruiser. But Sith, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't um, the only one that first thought it's, of that. It's biting the hand, biting the hand. <laughs> they, they, they had to be directly like referencing that when he was talking about how he's going to make it a, an all inclusive theme resort. You know, they had to know. so just tongue in cheek again. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. It's so, it's so, it's so funny to think that you know, because 
the thing with Star Wars is, you know, with the original movies, they don't ever really pull back or they very rarely pull back and really show you more of the universe than what our main characters are doing. The the one of the few times we really see that is um like in um the prequels with like the 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 whole seedy under underbelly of the of, of Coruscant where mm-hmm. uh, where the one dude wants to sell um Obi-Wan. Uh, death sticks. Death sticks. <laughs> and I want to course, go home and rethink my life. Of, of course, a little bit in like the cantina and of course in um, Last Jedi with the casino and also um, the, the ramifications of that casino and that whole city. Um, and don't forget Kajimi in Rise of Skywalker with Zori yeah. and her gang. Yeah, and all that. Um, but it never really pulls back further and shows you, well, how do, you know, how do, do people like try to capitalize on these you know these events at all and it looks like the answer is yes absolutely (laughs) gotta be honest at first i was a little scared that this was another zero the hut situation like i'm always a little apprehensive about you know them introducing new huts especially after zero and how just not interesting a character he was what was i've never heard of zero the hut he was in the Clone Wars pilot movie thing as the secret antagonist behind everything, uh, kind of. Okay. I believe, uh, I don't remember who said it, but it's pretty much Truman Capote, the Hut. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> and let's just uh, say I'm glad he, I, I'm glad he got axed off in the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah. Um, so also, pizza the hut, yes, pizza. Lego Star Star Wars and Spaceballs crossover wine. I mean, if they they did Lego Star Wars, why can't they do Lego Spaceballs? They should, yeah, I'd I'd settle for Lego Spaceballs, Lego Spaceballs 3. The search for Lego Spaceballs 2, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, so also, there is um, is Dean, who's this kid who is uh you know great mechanic he's been hired to work for Gamala the Hutt um and of course there's um Vinay who is the guy who is um who was basically Vader's personal assistant back in the day who we we briefly saw in Rogue One he is the random hood servant guy yeah random hood servant he's gonna be the the um he he is the what was his name hold on uh, the Crypt Keeper? No, well, yes, but that's not the specific reference I was going to make. Hold on. Uh, Rod Sterling? Well, so it's an anthology. So basically, he's the host of the anthology. What what he really reminded me of, the, specifically because specifically because he tells these stories and then ends up being like kind of the comeuppance in a way. Um, I mean, the guy who tells... Mr. Sims from Tales from the Hood. That was the character's name. Ah. Mr. Sims from Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Uh, my, next, my next guess was Jordan Peele. Well, yeah, but he doesn't really play into the story. Like, he doesn't really factor into the story like um, like Mr. Sims does in Tales from the Hood. Um, right, right. And, and I mainly know of that movie because of the kill count, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's, let's face it. Vinay clearly has an agenda. We know that from the first scene in the prologue. Oh, of course, of course. What is it with the Sith and just harboring resentment within their underlings? And just well, random one-offs who, like, go off on this completely random tangent that we'd never hear about yeah. until uh, a spin-off special decides to focus on it. 
Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, let's face it. All all Siths want is power, and they're That's willing to step all over each other in order to get the ultimate power. So I guess you would call it a power amid scheme. Oh, get out! Will be get out! The haters ever being. You ask all those haters from Naboo to Tatooine, they'll say, "Wow, that Darth and Schwartz is mean." <laughs> I'm solo. I'm solo. Solo, 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 solo. Although, actually, the first short, The Lost Boy, actually contained a brief Phineas and Ferb reference. I'm not sure if you caught it. Uh, the leader of the Knights of Ren, called Ren, is played by one Christian Slater. Slater, yes. And he popped up in an episode yeah, of Phineas no. and Ferb. I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's a Phineas and Ferb reference more as it's just a, a shared voice actor. Because um, I heard I heard the voice of, of uh, Ren. I'm like, where have I heard that voice before? I'm like, wait a minute, that's Christian Slater. That's um, that's Elliot from Milo Murphy's Law. <laughs> uh, wait, who was he on Phineas and Ferb? Was he the same character on Phineas and uh, he Ferb? Was, he was the delivery guy. Uh, he was Paul <laughs> the delivery guy in Delivery of Destiny in the U.S., in the UK, he was Simon Pegg. Ah. Uh, oh, Simon Pegg. Pegg got the better end of that deal. I'm sorry. Chris. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know, what, what? But Simon hey. Pegg. Hey, like... Simon. Yeah. Hey, Madison. It was for the greater good. And then you can just play like in the background, like, you know, the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> How can this be for the greater good? The greater the good. Greater Shut good. It! <laughs> sorry, Adam, you, you were saying? Oh yeah, no problem. Um, I had a similar like, oh, who's that voice with uh, Vinay, the the guy from Rogue One? Because mm-hmm. he sounded like this character from Harley Quinn. And then I realized, wait, oh. that's the same guy from Toy Story 4. It's Forky. It's Tony Hale. Yes, it is. That was Forky. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he's Don't also you just love it when voice actors act? Society, the Mysterious Bandic Society. So he's in the Disney Plus family. Yeah, he's in a serious huh. Benedict Society. Uh, he's in Toy Story 4, a series of unfortunate events. Oh. Right, he was Uncle Monty. And he's also on another movie coming to Disney Plus soon, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. Is right there? All I remember about that movie is that Star Wars The Force Awakens completely demolished it at the box office. And- <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hill is also known for Veep, uh, if anyone's seen Veep. I think this is he was in the original Toy Story. What what was 20th Century Fox thinking? Putting their rinky dink fourth movie to a franchise no one gives a fuck about anymore up against the return of Star Wars. Well, we know this movie's not gonna make any money, so we're gonna just sacrifice it. I I I still (laughs) wanna know what uh what the person at Disney was thinking when they put Winnie the Pooh up against Harry Potter. Damn you, Lassiter. Yeah, I, I think I think it's my headcanon that that person that okayed that got fired and then got moved to Fox and then decided to try the same thing with the road chip and then you, Disney Tom just <laughs> and that executive's name was Artie. <laughs> you fooled on another one. You fooled on another one. So of course, um, like like we said, so Dean's there. Um, he's helping Grabala, and Vinay um, is is basically the the person who is um, the 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 keeper of the the tales that were being told, as it were. And what's kind of fun about this is um, 
two of the two of the shorts are kind of filling in some previously non-existent uh actual like lore um kind of kind of although i don't know if any of this is actually considered canon or not um and then obviously the third one is not canon at all it's just uh a what if kind of story in a way yeah, that's what I put down on my notes. It's like you know, Lego Star Wars trying to ape the success of Marvel's What If. What If. Isn't that also kind of what Visions is, too? Which I would love to talk about, but I'm not going to have time right now. Oh, Visions mm. is so good. There oh, is oh a... my gosh. It's the quick tangent. Yeah, oh my gosh. Just it, just the animation alone is just... yeah. gorgeous. I mean, of course it is. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah, the way I've been pitching it to people is pretty much, remember the Animatrix? That, but Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Go go watch Star Wars Visions. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but good I'll, appetizer I'll for the Book of Boba Fett. Or Halloween adjacent. The first the first short is um, the Lost Boy, with the title done up similar to the Lost Boys. And if you haven't seen the Lost Boys, you are going to be completely lost. <laughs> I'm so glad I watched that. I'm so glad I watched that a couple a week ago i think it was a week ago i'm so glad i watched it because i really enjoyed it so much more because it's just in time. based on the rise of kylo ren comic that came out uh shortly before rise of sky uh skywalker um oh. so like i it was fun to kind of catch a little bit of nods charles soul the writer of that actually is credited um at the end as a special thanks um but it was cool to see like the um oh shoot i'm forgetting his name whoever plays the lead vampire in lost boys but they designed ren after him yeah um, yeah and then they after, had the after Kiefer scene. Sutherland, the saxophone, the random saxophone, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, yeah, the random saxophone guy, even in uh, <laughs> in this uh, holiday special. Um, yeah, I'm so glad I watched it because I would have missed all the references and I would have had so much less fun. But I mean, it's still good. But you know what I mean. Honestly, mm-hmm. like you know, I, I, again, like I am, I know nothing about the Star Wars EU. My knowledge pretty much extends to um, uh, the Skywalker saga and uh, the theme parks. So I was like, you know, wait. Are you trying to tell me that Kylo Ren became Kylo Ren because of a biker gang? So I don't I mean, think this is like... actually canon because obviously yeah. kinda, it, it was based on that comic, but also like they're doing a bit. Yeah, and it's like, a parody of a comic that's done in a parody style of another movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. basically just the Lost Boys, um, but with um, with. And hey, to all the Rise of Skywalker um, haters out there, you finally get your wish. The Knights of Ren are actually doing stuff now. Yeah, the Knights of Ren are actually doing stuff, even if it's uh, even if that's just being a scary biker gang that uh, apparently feeds off of fear, like they're vampires. But like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Eh, it's Star Wars. What are you gonna yeah, do? I don't know. But um, but uh, Ren um, turns to um, Ben after. Uh, they're finished terrorizing the town and, and takes his helmet off, you know. He's like, see you around, kid. The helmet that I might add has, like, the red insignia that kind of, like, echoes, like, what Kylo Ren's helmet looks like in um, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Nice catch. Uh, go ahead and make a drinking game for how often in this episode I'm going to reference the Rise of Skywalker, because spoilers, I ain't done yet. <laughs> Oh, don't do it, guys. You'll be dead. Take <laughs> <laughs> shots of the the weird soda from China at uh, at Club Cool because it's 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 it tastes like Mustafar. And for the really daring, drink shots of Beverly. Uh, yeah. Uh, take I'll, shots I'll, of take shots of green milk. Uh, 
Yeah, how, how my sister food. described the the china soda is it's like it, it it tastes like the burning library of alexandria scene smells that's an experience it is it is cool to see um to see ben face off against um ren after ren tells him that um that he needs to um, destroy everything that luke built and destroy the temple um, yeah that was fun and he kind of is like no i don't want to do that um like oh because you're you're afraid right you're um you're a kylo Kylo. and i do love how the action scene after that is kind of like them trying to burn down the temple before kylo ren can and he's you know pulling them back and you know pushing them back even though we know that he's going to burn down the temple anyways yeah none of the action sequences in this are as insane as what happens in the the holiday special but there's still some fun oh. fun bits of action in this one. Oh, uh, speaking of insanity, can we talk about the dream se- the dream within a dream sequence? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was I mean, next level trippy. And there was a there was a Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street reference in that at first. Uh, okay, where I, I, I wasn't like, sure if that was it or not, so I'm glad it was. It, it was Ren's uh, head pushing pushing down from the the ceiling, which is kind of a I, I felt like that yeah. had to be an homage to um, Freddy Krueger pushing his head um, through the, the the spandex and the cut out in the wall to, to to have his head be you know looking looking like it was trying to come out of the wall basically. And, yeah. Uh, plus some uh, plus I noticed like you know in the bit where you know you know you know the goons surround him and you can hear them singing ring around the rosy in like this alien language i think that was supposed mm-hmm. to be an homage to uh one two freddy's coming for you oh i'm sure yeah, yeah that has to be that's my guess too i was, or, I, I, I was sure if it was like another like a star wars product i yeah, love cool. this <laughs> yeah because you know i think yeah. i think one two freddy's coming for you is the only like well-known playground song associated with horror movies yeah Totally. There's there's Probably. no others. Yeah. I feel like we've issued a challenge to future horror writers to try and one up that now. Yeah. We well the Bye Bye Man tried. The Bye Bye Man tried to be a nursery rhyme film, but it just failed miserably. I mean, oh god. How the Duke did a good job. How the <laughs> hell can you make us feel scared of someone literally called the Bye Bye Man? Say his name. You won't be laughing when he kills you. The peeping poo poo man. Baloney, rated R, starts Friday. Starts Friday. No, and it has one of those ad campaigns where it always has a jump scare and you can't skip the damn ad. Although kind of going back to the dream sequence, there's a bit where, you know, um, Han and Leia and Chewie are, you know, there and talking to him. And it's old man Han sounding a bit like rick sanchez for some reason but whatever and then there's young leia like episode four leia and i'm just like uh, uh, what did they get the other wrong minifigure again <laughs> yeah they didn't have an old leia figure unfortunately <laughs> i'm thinking I don't, it's I don't just, know if that's... my thought was that it was just um so you the audience definitely knows that it's leia i mean everyone i think everyone would recognize episode seven eight whatever uh, yeah, it but it's also kind of trippy where it's like oh it's old han solo but young leia what's going on oh heads in a thing <laughs> yeah true that's that, that's the other thing is in a lego special you can just have decapitated heads and it's not like 
it's not as scary as it as it would be in like real it, life. It's like it's still kind of unsettling the way that they do all of this, but it's still funny. Like, and it needs mm. to be obviously because it's a comedy special ultimately. Man, Lego Star Wars gets a TVY seven out of that, and Owl House gets one up. <laughs> come on, come on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, Lego and, Owl House, make it happen. At the Lego Eda is already Lego Eda, Oh my god! <laughs> hi, hi, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, check out the Second Dimension's uh, Lego Eda meme hunt. Uh, dramatic <laughs> things happen. The Second it, Dimension it totally didn't corrupt his computer or anything. Let's look for Lego Eda memes directly on YouTube. Uh-oh. Important security message: Your computer has been locked up. Your IP address was used without your knowledge or consent to visit websites that contains identity. Oh my goodness. I still can't believe that happened. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, uh, But anyways, I think, I think we, we're done kind of talking about um, that one, unless anyone has anything else to, to say about the lost, the lost boy. If there's one thing I can't stand about this planet, it's all the damn Knights of Ren. <laughs> oh, well, actually, uh, actually, the, the thing we didn't mention is at the beginning, we actually get a little bit of, of Luke actually training um, young Padawans. Yeah, that's right. Which is, which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. Just wave hi to all the minifigures that are going to be grisly cut down by Kylo Ren in a couple of years. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's not, let's not think about that. Bunglings will be murdered. There are too many of them. What are we going to do? Not just the men, but the women and the children too. If if Uh, the first killing of the younglings, if the first killing of the younglings was Order sixty six, what was Kylo Ren's killing of the younglings? Uh, Order sixty (laughs) nine. Nice. That's um. That's that is um. That is mentioned in uh, Robot Chicken Star Wars, of course, which is um, <laughs> one of the, what, the, the obviously it's it's a classic. You can't go wrong with Robot Chicken Star Wars. <laughs> Luke and Darth Vader having a yo mama battle. What's not to love? <laughs> yes, it's the best. I love Robot Chicken so much. Or of uh, course, or of course, you should expect this from the resident stormtrooper here. But you know, Gary the stormtrooper, the Gary best the of all of us. Yes, of course. I feel like I feel like these kind of carry that torch, but also like you know they're more canon than anything Robot Chicken did, even though they're yeah. not canon. And oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Speaking of things that are kind of canon, who made that man a gunner? He's an asshole, sir. No kidding. What's his name? That is his name. Asshole, major asshole. Uh, Sorry, sir. Just doing my best. But so, and of course, um, the whole time uh, while you know in the in the bits between the stories. Uh, we get back and forth between everyone that everyone that's here and uh, um, Poe, of course, is kind of um, is kind of bonding with the kid, which is which is nice. Um, My first instinct, because we live in a world of crossovers and everything, when I first saw the kid, I thought it was the kid from the Freemaker Adventures, which again haven't seen, but. I did see a lot of the sets when they were uh, warming shelves because apparently it didn't sell very well. Go figure. And he kind of looked like the kid from that, but then it's just a new kid in here. And I like this kid. He's, he's, he's cool. 
Yeah, po- a little bit of young Anakin without the the yippee. <laughs> and and Poe Poe's got a good um, maybe that's not the right word. Um, he he's a good mentor figure for a lot of younger outsiders like Kazuda Iono from uh, Resistance. Not so does that make though, so does I, that make him uh, Poe one Kenobi? Probably. <laughs> you just better watch out or in uh, episode uh, 10 if that ever comes because that means he's going to be the one who dies Qui-Gon, Han Solo, Obi-Wan Poe Dameron well and, and Poe was originally going to die at the beginning of Force Awakens that last ride is just too darn good Yeah. to cheat death as the power only one has achieved Palpatine um, excuse you Oscar Isaac every <laughs> time I go on Rise of the Resistance uh, and spoilers, uh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm, taking, I'm taking these off because I'm, I'm avoiding spoilers. Uh, every time I go on Rise of the Resistance and Poe shows up and, and he says, and this is a really minor spoiler, and, and he says, Roger, this is Black Leader. I hear you're a fine-looking group of recruits. I'm like, oh, damn, we're just called me fine-looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they find this old Sith lightsaber and uh, um, we start on the story of, what was this one entitled again? It was the Dueling Monstrosities. Dueling Monstrosities. Oh, and yeah. I love how so, uh, Poe, he, like, you know, he even laughs, he's like, you know, perhaps you'd like to hear the tale. No, but you're going to tell us anyway. This is the tale of the Dueling Monstrosities. Yes, of course. There we go. <laughs> um, which, which has something that I never knew that I wanted, which was a battle between Darth Maul and General Grievous. Oh, yes. yes. Which is, um, unfortunately, the actual battle is very short, but it's very good and very satisfying to see happen. Although with the with the beginning where we see the Night Sisters revolve Darth Maul and sidebar, Lego minifigures of the Night Sisters, um, yes, I want, please. Yes. Um, and they go through like all these different sets of legs and the first one they do are the canonical the 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 first robot legs that Maul got coming back and he just falls completely flat on his face with them <laughs> between this show and the clone wars phasing it out for like actual normal looking robotic legs i think that's that ties it no one liked those designs of those legs did they Kind of, yeah, I bet the animators probably hated having to make him walk all weird. Mm. It's one of the other controversial things that didn't rub fans the right way either. Like, I, I'm okay with them bringing Maul back because, you know, cool design, but oh, I hated those robot legs at first. Just, ugh. Yeah, when uh, I got to that scene, like, I was binging Clone Wars, and I got to that scene, and... I mean, I, I didn't think it was terrible in concept, but just like watching him, like I have spent so many hours of my life in succession just for this moment. Why? Why have I built myself up to this moment? <laughs> oh, man. And plus, I'm, uh, I, I really like, like you know, I'm, uh, we talked about like the different legs and everything, like, you know, and plus, I just really like how I'm, uh, uh, you know, the whole, the whole, no matter what, he keeps tripping over them, but by the end of the day, he look, he kind of looks like Doc Ock almost. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, he so he gets spider legs basically, which um, I guess that could be considered a, a, a horror trope. This one's kind of the least horror of any of them. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the most the, the most horror it gets is, is with the actual once once the saber is on and affecting the person using it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, they basically use it to do a whole Lord of the Rings pastiche at the end. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, this one's real simple. Um, it it it, uh, it starts with, of course, everything with Maul with his legs, and then oh, and there was another um, there was another um person who was left for dead. Um, formerly um, the apprentice of General Groot, uh, not Jim, no, uh, Count Dooku. Dooku. Uh, formerly mm-hmm. the, the apprentice of Count Dooku, um, reborn as General Grievous. Um, and I think that's the actual first time we heard his past name before he became General Grievous. I think so too. I think that was like, stuck like in the deep, 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 deep lore for those who care. I think it's the, the first time they actually like, said it, which is really neat. You got to think about how how exhausting it must be to work on one of these. Be like, okay, what what what? what where, where was this mentioned before? I got to scan through the the, the <laughs> Wikipedia and the. I mean, it's kind of like uh, when working on. Uh, well, well, I mean, when working on Phineas and Ferb, they would just be like, okay, we'll just check the wiki. What did we do before? Um, but with Star Wars, it's like, okay, what did this other writer like five years ago do before I, I'm coming back to it? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of why they don't really introduce EU characters all that often because they have to pour through thousands of books and comic books just to get down to the essence of one character. Right. Yeah. I can't even imagine the headache that they went through trying to like get Thrawn into the into the main timeline again yeah and maybe it's just because uh, I, I maybe it's just because i'm too familiar with the um uh, this particular sublet of uh geekery but i can't hear the name grievous anymore without grim grinning ghosts playing in the back of my mind you know luke skis mm-hmm. wish upon a death star when the clone war started to use martial art wheels four blades like a cuisine art robot bones and scary eyes lightsabers like a rain is thighs grim grievous goes and kills all the jedis and oh yeah and then the the spider leg build of maul where it's like an actual spider it's like if brother i had just turned him into a spider robot he's like a spider bot with a person on it i want that build too it's not yeah, an actual set but i just is what kind of yeah doc Ock is basically just a spider body with like the person on it yeah well well he specifically looks like one of the spider bots from uh web slingers in Ca- california adventure but, but which is, i have yet to go on that. totally worth it but just virtual queue please go away oh it's so stupid yeah. anyway that's another thing i'm really hoping to be able to go back to california someday because you know I mean, my, I, my kind of hope, I kind of hope I'll be able to attend the D23 Expo. As much as I'd love to go this year, yeah, I think it'd be so much more worth it to go for the big one in 2023, the 100th anniversary mm-hmm. of the Walt Disney Company. I'm sure that's going to be like yes. a, one mother of a blowout. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Darth Maul, of course, um, of course, overhears this and is like, "Oh, hey, I'm back. I'm alive, by the way. And I'm gonna go get that saber for you." <laughs> and and Palpatine's like, "Oh, you're you you actually are alive. Okay." If I may quote Vegeta from Team Four Star, "This is so non-canon. It hurts." <laughs> yeah, this I one's definitely not canon because, like, obviously. 
And I think it helps that we have such an unreliable narrator, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, but he's got an agenda. What? He's got an agenda. Yeah, he does. Um, Careful. Don't talk about uh, Star Wars and people having agenda. People might get mad at you and make a 19 long, 19 hour long rebuttal against you. Because honestly, who would want a bunch? Sorry, let me do that again. Because honestly, who would want to? Wow. Shit. Because honestly, who would want a bunch of politics in Star Wars? <laughs> They're literally called stormtroopers. <laughs> that Star Wars movie was too anti-Nazi. <laughs> what do you mean too anti-Nazi? In The Force Awakens, General Hux's speech was clearly invoking Hitler. This is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Yeah. Such a good line. And with that, um, throwing the uh, Death Star. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the best part of this whole, um, this whole part of the, the special, this whole story, is that Maul and Grievous face off and end up cutting <laughs> off each other's fake limbs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what I love is that Maul um, does to Grievous basically the 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 the, the Black Knight from uh, from Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound. It's a flesh wound, Kenobi. Flesh wound, Kenobi. Oh, I mean, of course, maybe you're remiss that we're talking about General Grievous and we don't do the the, the famous line. Hello there, General, General Kenobi. Kenobi. <laughs> and plus, uh, I love how um, uh, in the fight scene, Darth Maul puts force before his um, uh, moves, like, you know, force punch, force kick. And it's just like a barely impressive jump and punch. Darth <laughs> <laughs> Maul doesn't talk in Phantom um, Menace. I mean, he does. He gets uh, one line from Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah, he has one line. He doesn't really talk other than that. So in this, we get a completely different, like, character, basically. Like, he's, he's actually like kind of you know funny yeah which i like i i like that he's not just you know i mean i think i think there's a certain appeal to having him be almost like uh not 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 as much of a man as like an animal but it's more fun this way i think and especially in clone wars where he turns into just just this complete shakespearean tragedy of a character Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're not talking. Sam, we're coming back. You know, for the special. Oh, actually, look at that. I don't. I don't think I would have the time to di- dissect all of Clone Wars on this podcast. I, oh no! I, that's like enough to be its own podcast. It is. I so, would happily be a part of that one. <laughs> yeah, but that's. Um, I'm, I don't have the the time to do that right now. Shame. My my butt was saved by the fact that they're going to be dropping episodes of Molly McGee like five at a time, basically on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. We can talk about all of these at once. Plus, just just two days ago, Disney Plus finally dropped the scariest story ever: Mickey Mouse Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> we're talking about two weeks from now. If two weeks from now, I cannot wait. Yeah, be my first time talking about Mickey Mouse on this podcast, and you know, I yes. love the rudish Mickey Mouse shorts. I don't have mm-hmm. other guests lined up yet, but I need to get that set up because that's going to be a good one. Wait, I, I thought the Mickey Mouse. 
thought the Mickey Mouse special was already up. What? I thought the Mickey Mouse spooky special was already up. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking about it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Then they hit the last chamber in uh, Darth Vader's castle. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the next chapter, I, I want to point out one more thing about the, um, uh, the, um, uh, dueling monstrosities story. Mm-hmm. My favorite part was like, um, uh, you know, Darth Maul, you know, he, he gets the, the saber to Palpatine and he's just like, no thanks. Pushy push. <laughs> and they just like, and it's like in the cartoons, like, you know, you know, he, he pauses for a brief bit before falling. And that yeah, that's like, not funny. Uh. <laughs> it got like the biggest laugh out of me the first time I was uh, as I was watching this, like you know, just you know, pushity push. <laughs> also, the lightsaber is broken, and apparently nobody fixed it in like sixty years. Man, Darth Vader's gonna gonna really let maintenance have it in the temple in his castle because they just haven't not been doing their job with upkeep at all. Well, mm. they if they explore the temple too far, will they end up encountering? The, the Chamber of Destiny with the Eyes of Mara, will that also be voiced by James Earl Jones? <laughs> the, the kid fixes the lightsaber, Dean fixes the lightsaber, and the, the lightsaber apparently is able to activate like a switch that opens the, the next door in the chamber that has like a whole bunch of Sith treasure and crap. All but a bunch of bricks. Yeah. And of course, the main thing that's in there is uh, that... Um, the see. Pyramid of Destiny. Yeah, the Sith Holocron. Yeah, the Sith Holocron that uh, that Vinay wants. Uh, you can buy that at Galaxy's Edge, by the way. Which, at, at first, it kind of looked like a Sith Wayfinder from Rise of Skywalker. Take a shot. And yeah. I, I was a little worried, just like, hey, 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 there's only two of the... Oh, it's a Holocron. Okay. No. <laughs> the Holocrons and the Wayfinders are different. Yeah, it's like, you know, the Holocrons. Asking, asking the question... What if Dreamfinder and Figment were evil? But so the last story um, that is told in this uh, terrifying uh, galactic trilogy of terror is the the Wookiee's Paw, which, of course... Star Wars does the Twilight Zone. Yeah, has some Twilight Zone influence right there. Um, or basically, it's a story that's like, well, what the new if Star Wars Tower of Terror, the new Star Wars Tower of Terror, the new Star Wars Tower of Terror, the new Star Wars New Star Wars Tower of Terror. What? Oh, I get it now. I get it. Wait a second. I get it. It's one you got to think about. It's a classic soundtrack with a camera bit that we just drove straight into the ground. This is my first time here. to do so whenever there is a repeated bit of dialogue. <laughs> the new Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. The new Guardians, the new of, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission, Mission Breakout. The new Finding Nemo the Musical. The new Finding Nemo the Musical. The old Finding Nemo the Musical, of which I know nothing. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we did the whole goddamn like you know the spiel for that part in, on Twitter when that was announced. Like you know, yeah. once we get to the bottom of the line of the new Finding Nemo the Musical, etc., etc., etc. I love uh, how I love how when we meet in person, we already have a meme culture developed. <laughs> so so yeah, um, this story is so. What if Luke was given a monk, uh, monkey's paw, a Wookiee's paw? What if Luke was given a Wookiee's paw and um, wished to get off of Tatooine, um, but his wish was of course granted as, okay, so you'll be a, a, a Tie Fighter pilot, <laughs> and. That, of course, means we get to see 
um you know luke, luke skywalker actually go to the dark side which is pretty cool mm-hmm. especially uh, since um and of course we don't get i'm trying to think who is actually the person who played luke in this yeah here i'm sure that wasn't mark hamill i i could have been but i'm not sure didn't sound like him I don't think so. I think it's whoever they got to voice him in the holiday special, the Christmas one. Oh, Eric mm. Bowser. Life Day, Life Eric Bowser. Ah, okay, I can Not hear me. it now. Yeah, okay, so Eric Bowser plays Luke at this. And I this part of the really podcast, this part of the podcast was brought to you by IMDb. What you do instead of things. Although heading back to the beginning of the episode, we get to see, you know, Luke in the, in the homestead uh, with, you know, in, in episode four, you know, I want to answer the call of the adventure um, in, in that fold, you know, whiny Luke Skywalker mode. And um, anyway, at the beginning, we see, uh, you know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, but we finally get a Lego Aunt Beru minifigure, which is what I've been wanting for ages now. I want one of those figures, please. And not just a skeleton. Please. Although they haven't done that, but, you know, you can make it your own, I guess, you know. Well, uh-huh, I was saying, you just have the skeleton in the desert. Like, there's Aunt Beru. Lolity lol, memity meme. Yes. Yeah. Eagle, I love your Lego joy. It is fantastic, and I'm so happy that energy is here. Yeah. Oh, I am, I am a total dork with uh, Legos, and I've been... This is my payback for not getting in the first time. I am just full of unfettered glee with uh, Lego chicanery. Um, can we talk about Legoland for a second? Okay. I haven't been yet. Neither have I. So they had the Star Wars stuff at Midiland, but of course that's no longer there. Um, and yeah. they also had, but they had they had several other Lego um, Star Wars like big displays, like. Mm. They had a full size rave you could take a picture of with Chewie, and they had a big. Oh right, was this was this the Chewie with the with the dump truck? It was the one that I posted a TikTok of. Hmm. I I actually think Hello Greedo actually posted a video of it where he got a view of Chewie's very well sculpted uh, <clears throat> backside. Damn boy, he's thick boy. That's a thick ass boy. Damn. I haven't been to Legoland at all. I mean, I've only driven driven past it, and then some of my past trips to Florida. I mean, last time I was there, it was Cypress Gardens. That's yeah. how long it's been. Yeah. Hmm. Ironically, because Miniland was mostly inaccessible when I was there, Cypress Gardens, I would say, was hands down still my favorite part of the park. Because that whole area is just beautiful. It's so nice. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm 26 right now, so I might just be a little too old to go to Legoland and actually, you know, fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest problem is me and Landon had a tight squeeze on some of those rides. Yeah, They're not meant for... Yeah, yeah. They, they say that, oh, well, parents can come too. Yeah, but we actually <laughs> Yeah. I think I'll just stick to whatever motion sims I can find and the Dragon Coaster because obviously... Least, well, you have to at least get... Um, if nothing else, if you do go and you don't ride anything, you at least need to get the apple fries and walk through the Cypress Gardens. Yeah. Ten four. I, I I remember back in Cypress Gardens, like you know, they have they actually have like Lego Southern Bells set up in the Cypress Gardens. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, but I mm. I, I I sometimes wish they brought back the f- actual physical si- Southern Bells. You know, you know the yeah. actresses. 
that, yeah. right. that would require them having to pay more entertainment. They don't want to do that. They're too busy paying entertainment to be in the water ski stunt show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was something Cypress Gardens did back in the day. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure we have pictures of me and Eric with a, me and my brother with um, uh, like with one of the Southern Bells on our last trip there. Um, but mm. yeah, they have um, they have a bunch of Star Wars stuff. They have the ITS for sale um, from Rise of the Resistance. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder why you go ride that. <laughs> <laughs> And from what I've heard, they haven't had the big test there since 2014. And frankly, good riddance. We do not need incompetency in our fire department anymore. Hmm. Burn. Remember, put the wet stuff on Burn. the hot stuff. Put the wet stuff on the hot stuff. Isn't it a bit more complicated yeah. than that? No, if there's anything hot, you grab anything wet and use that. I hope. Oh, my computer's a little warm. Quickly, grab the wet stuff. Apply liberally. Yeah, we want more dangerously gross incompetency in our volunteer fire department. Let's even the playing field. Fires deserve a chance in the fight. <laughs> I still think it'd be cool if they could actually do like a Lego ride based on like a licensed property that isn't like Ninjago, which is just their own property. Well, they technically are now that they're making a Peppa Pig park. Yeah, what? that doesn't count because that's a separate park. But still, it's part of Legoland Resort. I just think it's funny that they're like, well, what's gonna what's gonna be the next park in Legoland, Florida? Something that's owned by Hasbro. Mm. Well, I mean, we, we already got a park by one giant toy magnate. Why don't we get something owned by another toy magnate? Of course. Although, if there's one um, ride, I ride or land or whatever, I'd like to see adapted into the parks at Legoland. Can you imagine a Lego Bionicle land? Oh, they had one. They had one. I believe they had one. They did? No! I think they got rid of it. I'm not sure. Because Bionicle... They had Bionicle-themed teacups in California. Oh, Bionicle Blaster. And don't tell me. They replaced it with Hero Factory or something. Uh, Former attractions, former attractions, former attractions. Uh, No, they they didn't have a Bionicle section there after all. Uh, I was thinking about Chima. They got rid of Chima. Ah. Oh, oh that thing! Lego Movie World. That's still there. Yes, that's hmm. themed. Lego, yeah, yeah. The World of Chima uh, Splash Battle ride is now themed to the you're spraying movie. Craggle at Duplo, which I'm like, doesn't that mean we're bullying a little girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, about Legoland, we should probably go back to the actual yeah. Star Wars content at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the the Wookiee's paw. Um, Luke keeps rising through the ranks and uh, like very quickly um, he, he takes the uh, he takes the Star Trek method of going to promotion the J.J. Abrams Star Trek method of just oh, yeah. proximity to a clean uniform yes proximity <laughs> to a clean uniform is exactly what it is <laughs> I love the story of the monkey's paw in general because it's so easy to twist it to whatever you want it to be like you know I remember the my first exposure was the Simpsons version from Treehouse of Horror 2. Ah. Remember that one? Yeah. I wish for world peace. Lisa, that was so selfish. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a brief bit when Darth Vader starts training uh, Luke. And um, he's, like, uh, starting to deflect the blaster bolts from the training probe. And it turns the helmet around on a stormtrooper so that he can't see either. I just, I just love little subtle background <laughs> gags that are always peppered into Lego shorts. Yeah, and they and do it's, it where um, so so of course there's a whole there's that whole montage of, of Vader training Luke, 
and there's some shots that are obviously um referenced from uh empire strikes back empire strikes back but also there's a shot <laughs> from a new hope where it's uh luke is carrying uh carrying vader piggyback style but he does the swing across the 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 death star chasm and vader gives him a, a little kiss on the cheek and says for luck i'm like oh my god <laughs> they actually did it they did it hilarious <laughs> is so unexpected <laughs> but, then again, but then again vader's his dad anyway he can get away with it no exactly that's why i'm like no that makes sense it's like you know I, i'm thinking back to the how it should have ended shorts uh <laughs> i have a son i have a son <laughs> there's a classic right there although they kind of lampshade that at the, at the ending when uh luke introduces himself you know uh my name oh it's uh, luke skywalker skywalker that sounds skywalker. familiar that's not a lit that's not a name i've heard in a long time um uh, so uh, on sir? The side of the coin <laughs> um because luke isn't there um leia was rescued by obi-wan kenobi and mm-hmm. We get to see Obi-Wan in an X-Wing. I love that. And Leia is actually in an X-Wing as well, which I'm like, oh, that's cool. Never in my life have I never needed something and not known until I had received it. Right? Yeah. It's like what y'all were saying with the... It's like what y'all were saying with Visions and What If earlier. Like, I don't think I really ever needed a Star Wars What If. I mean, they did the Infinities line, I think it was, back, mm-hmm. uh, back when... But um, yeah, I love that whole like what if situation with this particular short with its old trilo- uh, original trilogy references and creative deviations like that um, with, with Leia and, and Obi-Wan. Uh, it really was really rewarding. And I kind of want more like that. I, want, I think I want more content that's like that, uh, this particular short, because it was really uh, new and interesting and um, gave us some good stuff. Star Wars, what if coming to Plus, I mean, there is the there is a Lego minifigure of the Watcher from What If now. So, oh wow, just saying, <laughs> they could totally do a Lego What If. If only it wasn't tradition for the mentor figure to die in the first part of each trilogy. I mean, maybe then we could have had Obi Wan fighting in alongside Luke and Leia together. Yeah, it's like Form you said, the Triad. Yeah, it's like you said, Chandler. Wygon, Obi-Wan, Han Solo. They all die. They're all the mentor yep. figures and they all die in the first part of their trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luke wishes to be the most famous pilot in the galaxy uh, and be more powerful than Darth Vader. And the monkey smug gives that to him by making him accidentally blow up the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun <laughs> twist. And I like mm-hmm. how I like how at the end, um, Dean is like, "That is that really how it happened?" And Poe's like, "No, it wasn't." Ramal's like, "So you're saying Luke didn't blow up the Death Star?" Well, no, he did, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's glorious! And it turns out all the time that the uh, crud, what was his name again? Vinay. The hood hood servant Vinay, Vinay was actually gathering all these things to build a giant mech and to just completely destroy everyone as Sith do. Yeah. We get to see I want that mech build, please. Mech use a lightsaber. Like, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I need this mech build, please. Yeah. Instructions so somewhere, really please. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, I guess Vinay always had resentment for Vader and 
Palpatine because he was always there. He was he was basically their lackey. Like you know, they, he he constantly took orders from them. He's like, no, like you know, and of course, being a Sith, he was drawn to power itself. You know, fear mm-hmm. you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. So he's already well at the anger leads to hate point right there, and he's willing to make suffering happen himself. So yeah. he can become the neg- the galaxy's next big threat. And the other thing we kind of skipped over was the whole thing where um, Vinay is kind of trying to have um, Dean open the the ho- the holocron because he there's there's some sort of prophecy that someone was supposed to um, to do it. And um, Vinay originally thought it was going to be Poe, but then it turned out um, it was actually um, supposed to be Dean the whole time that would open that holocron. So you're saying that there's a prophecy that goes backwards in the Star Wars movie? That's never happened. Mm. <laughs> it's a poetry, it rhymes. It's a rhymes. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we completely forgot um, Vinay's uh, number two, the droid uh, that he had named N-I-L-8. Bless this special. Such a gloriously stupid joke, and it works so well. And played by <laughs> Elizabeth McGlynn, who has been in um, Carmen San Diego, um, yeah. writers, a bunch of anime um, stuff, presumably doves. She was in Steven Universe. Wow. Star Wars Resistance. Something from 1997 called Invisible Dad. That sounds so stupid. With a title like that, more to do with it. Oh, you with a title like that, I got to check that out. Invisible Dad. Oh, apparently it was like I'm a. It looks like a direct video film. It does. But I can see him. But but I can see the dad on the title. That that what? (laughs) It's Invisible Dad, but I can see him. It's uh, stars. Stars Darren Norris. Darren Norris is in this movie. Voice actor extraordinaire. And yeah, so there's a there's a giant mech, and uh, also in the mix are uh, zombie battle droids. I don't know why they're zombie like, battle droids. I, I don't know why they're acting like zombies, but I'm not complaining because it's kind of awesome. Roger, Roger. Roger. <laughs> and of course, this leads to the uh, oh, shining reference. It'd be so easy earlier. for them. Mm-hmm. Yes, Although there fun. was there was a brief Raiders callback where oh. uh, the the they were like rising from the crypts, sort of like Marion in the in the Well of Souls uh, with the skeletons. Yeah, I'm just like I'm. I'm impressed. These people really know their Lucasfilm. They're keeping up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember a while back there was a there was a um, someone someone was talking about an episode of Star Wars Rebels on Twitter, and they had mentioned that um, they used uh, a, a piece of score from. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I was like, wow, that's like, you're going into, I mean, because it's still John Williams, obviously. Oh, it's the one we don't talk about? I I don't remember. Come on, Indiana Jones 5, please please write, Indiana Jones 5 writers, if you're out there listening, please re-record on this so Kingdom of the Crystal Skull doesn't exist. And for that, I'll write out Temple of Doom 2, because Temple of Doom sucks too. Hey. I think James Mangold will keep it all together. I two words, man. Two words, man. Willie Scott. Yeah, she's that's all. That, that, yeah, she sucks. I mean, but but an adult short yeah, round being like a Spielberg. Bruce Lee Jackie. 
Oh, I but but just that. imagine in this new indie, just like a short round that's all grown up, and he's like a Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan badass could, helping out in indie. I'd love to see that. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that as long as we don't have to deal with Willie Scott. Willie died on the way back. Well, over I mean, Indy's already married to Marion, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Damn it! But y'all, that doesn't happen if you're retconning Crystal Skull. You gotta have right. Crystal Skull. Shit, we can't retcon Crystal Skull if we yeah, want to make yeah, sure oh, that on, Willie on, doesn't board. show up again. Yeah, we didn't say anything. We didn't say anything. Uh-huh. Anything. Uh, continue. Yeah, carry on. We, we didn't say anything. Move along. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's 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 zombie battle droids and everyone's um trying to escape and then um Poe admits to Dean that he is scared but you know that's okay because without fear there's no courage it's kind of like an just just a really the, nice uh, message for kids yeah it's kind of like an inverse of the um, uh, typical association with fear it's like I said it's like you know fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering that's the uh, maxim spoken many times in star mm -hmm. wars but here they're actually turning it on its head like you know how fear can lead to courage and i think that's pretty clever uh twist on an old formula there yeah yeah got a good point there can we did anyone catch the uh -oh. scooby-doo hallway run reference yeah i'm charging by the camera all like yeah that was a good of touch <laughs> I don't know if they meant to reference it. I highly doubt they meant to reference it, but I don't know if y'all have played the EA Battlefront 2, um, which has gotten better since it, you know, it launched. You know, you don't need the the microtransactions, but uh, in that game, you can mm. play as BB-8 as one of the hero characters, and he is low-key one of the most, you know, OP characters in that game, and that reminded me when, you know, he does it, uh, Poe does the old-fashioned way, and then BB takes everyone out um in really creative ways it reminded me of playing that game <laughs> now i just want to see a fight to the death between chopper and bb8 Ooh. battle of the bloodthirsty droids I'm down. <laughs> you might got something there do you i just love how half of these stories are just birthed from people mushing lego figures together and we're just doing that here on the podcast too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah basically that's what that's what I love so much about the the holiday special is it's just okay we're just gonna dump out the toy box onto the floor here. <laughs> and speaking of toy of box, that, it, but it still is very fun and very much feels like you know they 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 have a good time making these and you can tell. Yeah. And speaking of toy box, it's time for the segment that I would have done in the holiday special, but I'm going to do now. The Lego sets I recognized. Because I am a Lego nut, I recognize each and every um, one of uh, the specific sets that they have translated into the special. And I will go over the list in rough order of appearance. Darth Vader's Castle, of course, which was an Amazon exclusive slash Lego exclusive set for 125 uh, that was made uh, shortly after Rogue One came out because, well, first appeared in Rogue One. Uh, then you have the 2018 X-Wing, which I own. A very popular build. We see that every now and then. It's the classic Rebel um, X-Wing look. We see it during the flashback scenes of Wookiee's Paw. Uh, we have Poe's Rise of Skywalker X-Wing, which I'm not crazy about the design, but, you know, translated very well. Uh, first Order TIE Fighters, because, of course um 
then you have the classic TIE fighters along with um, Vader's advanced TIE fighter. Vader's advanced fighter was a part of a twofer set with the uh, during the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels years, but it's actually a really very solid build. And the regular TIE fighters are from the Solo line of um, toys where they had the most detailed um, TIE fighter to minifigure scale yet, which I also own. And right outside the Vader's castle, there were an ATST from, I believe, this year, and the ATAT from the Rogue One line. Sorry, scratch that, reverse that. The ATST, the Chicken Walker from the Rogue One line, and the ATAT from last year's um, um, Empire Strikes Back um, anniversary line, where they had a brand new ATAT walking around on store shelves. I've been building up to this for year, for about a year now. Thank you. <laughs> all right. All right. I just got one word for all that. the Lego sets. Um, and special is almost over, but um, most impressive. <laughs> <Dean> Resident <laughs> Evil, uh, and also quits his job with um, the Hut. The Hut. Yeah. Uh, his uh, first name. Yeah, but like I said, I'm uh, earlier. I'm uh, the Hut. Hey. Vinay, um, he gets dispatched Lord well, of the Rings style because I'm um, a uh, Dean throws the the holocron into the lava and and just like Gollum, uh, Vinay dies mm-hmm. by jumping in and trying to retrieve it. Yeah, or and does no he lose a finger? Does he die? Or does he? Because uh, they, yeah, they do the carry thing. Hmm. I'm glad someone else got the carry. And I L A. Is is on the banks of the the lava. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry, I failed you, my master. Yeah, yeah it's and like then, Susie, like you know, Susie at the grave of Carrie, and then the, her hand just shoots up and grabs her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish they did the music because that is such. That's one of my favorite music drops in a movie is when they do the theme when Carrie's hand comes out. That could have been a fun little cheeky uh, thing to put at the end, but doing the Star Wars theme at the end too is wonderful as well. Yeah. And plus, I, yeah. I love the implication that Carrie faked her death in order to get away from her mother. Yeah. If that's, if that's what's supposed to be like, and if that's what's supposed to be, like, you know, Carrie faked her death, is that the implication? No, I think, I think, uh, um, Jason by the that's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a nightmare real. sequence. It, it, oh, uh, it's because her powers wrapped her in a cocoon of telekinetic energy. And from it was birthed the Phoenix. It's it's one of those things where if they they continued to make sequels, that would have become like the focus. But it was meant to be a dream sequence, like like freaking Swamp Boy Jason at the end of the original Friday the Thirteenth. That's like, oh well, what if we mm. base the entire rest of the franchise on this? But then keep doing the same fucking ending every movie. They keep doing that goddamn lake ending for like four movies. We're gonna have. So then the second one will have zombie Mrs. Voorhees pop out. Like, you just, what? That doesn't make any sense. Just an ending of just like a parade, just a parade of zombie slashers just coming for everybody. Yeah, uh, Friday the 13th is such a mess of a franchise. They should have just done a one and done. But then we wouldn't have gotten Jason Voorhees, so. Well, I mean, Jason was in Friday the 13th, the first one, right? No. He well, he was the he was no, the zombie Jason kid. Was he was the kid in the water. He was he, the 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 one scene with him in it was at the end that was supposed to be a dream sequence where it's little swamp boy Jason jumping out. Mrs. Voorhees was the original killer, as mentioned in Scream. Mrs. 
name the killer in Friday the 13th. Jason! 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 I'm sorry. That's the wrong answer. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was Jason. Afraid not? No way. Listen, it was Jason. I saw that movie 20 goddamn times. Then you should know Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees, was the original killer. Jason didn't show up until the sequel. Yeah, Ghostface made sure we all knew. Yeah. So Friday the Thirteenth is the Friday the Thirteenth is supposed to be a whodunit, and it's a really terrible whodunit because mm. it, it, it it's like oh the the mother of the kid who was poisoned you know who the, the mother of the kid who drowned who was mentioned once yes that's a great that's a great killer for this movie if you've never met this character before until she does show up and then she's there for like twenty minutes or less and then you find out that she's the killer. I mean, Chandler, Jason's mom's got it going on. <laughs> yeah, she, does. She, 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 she can act. She can act. Betsy Palmer can act. Mm-hmm. Capital Jason's A acting. So Jason's first movie as the killer was Friday the 13th 2, right? Yeah, but yep. he doesn't even start looking like himself until Friday the 13th Part 3 where he gets his hockey mask. Oh. Good. And then right after that is the final chapter. The fourth one is the final chapter in a series of like 12 movies. Because in five, it's a new beginning, and then you get the yes. new blood. Roy Burns, and then, yeah, it's, 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 it's wild. What other horror movie references are there that we have not made yet that were, were relevant? To? Uh, they did Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid in uh, the, 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 the first story, and that's an obvious reference to, um, uh, what's the movie where they say Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid? That's uh oh that's also that's that's uh that's the fly. Oh uh, yeah. And apparently Mel Brooks came up with that tagline. Really? Yeah, I, he was the, he was I think he produced the fly, but they took his oh, name okay. off it because he did, he he knew that you know he, he knew the world associated him with comedies and didn't want to think the fly was a comedy. I mean that yeah. they basically did the same thing with the uh, the elephant man because he also produced the elephant man. Right. Yeah, it's elephant <laughs> man. I was gonna say Eraserhead, but you're right. It's the elephant man. And um, I know that it's not technically a horror movie, but Grandala says that, you know, they spare no expense for the hotel. You know, Jurassic yeah. Park, obviously. Hamlin the Hut. Hamlin the Hut. <laughs> Although my first instinct was to just call him Chapek the Hut. But we already made the Galactic Star Cruiser joke, so you know, felt. I just, I, I just hear him as Scratch now because, like, <laughs> and 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 some of the crew that um the 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 crew members that created um uh, Ghost of Mongi worked on uh the the Lego Star Wars stuff like uh, Freemaker Adventures, I believe, where um Gravala the Hut was introduced. Yeah. I think he was introduced in the Freemaker Adventures. And then I'm actually looking up uh, some of the uh, other the full list of references, and um, we missed them. Um, uh, the bit with like the little, uh, um, uh, the little what's the little what's the name of the little gray droid with like the two wheels? Oh, the mouse droid. The mouse droid. They have to do a thing where the mouse droid shadow looks like uh, Nosferatu. It's the Nosferatu thing. Ah. <laughs> and plus, great um, movie. Uh, still. And plus, it's still a great movie. And plus, um, uh, before starting the the, the Wookiee's paw, Vinay says, uh, "Submitted for your approval." Which not all, which you know, not only is it a Twilight Zone thing, but it's also uh, among our generation. Are you afraid of the dark? Afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. Ah. 
Yes. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. All that was missing is a uh, Goosebumps reference, and we would have the, and we would have everything all set. Yep, and uh, apparently, according to this article, the return of the dwelling useless is referenced with the um, uh, you know, the arm coming up from the ground of the battle droid. Mm. We already mm. did um, the Shining and the Lord of the Rings, and of course Carrie, and I think that's it. I think we covered them all. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street we got earlier. Yeah, mm. there. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Lost Boys. Oh, of course, yeah. Cry, little sister. And the the the. the oh the yeah. And everything. I think we're good. But yeah, dear listeners, um, if you're looking for some spooky season watches, you can start with these references on the Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tale special. Great yeah. primer, little mm-hmm. first set. If you've never watched a horror movie before, I would say you could start with this by just getting your toe wet a little bit. Um, then I would say, uh, really, what got what got me into to horror was also very much a, a comedy, and that was Shaun of the Dead. Oh, nice! Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Very nice. Yes, I love Shaun of the Dead. Actually, Shaun, help me. this is good. Go ahead. This is going to sound weird, but what actually got me into horror was actually fairly recently I got into watching the Conjuring movies. Oh, okay. It was the same for me. It was the same for me. I started with Shyamalan and I went into the Conjuring and now I'm a nut. I'm not really nice. big on horror myself, but big on horror myself, but the two biggest, I think my two biggest inspirations to horror were musicals, specifically Little Shop of Horrors ah. and Sweeney Todd. Yes. Oh, those are fantastic. Sweeney Todd, is like, nice. Sweeney Todd is like the it's like a perfect horror movie in and of itself. Yes. You know, the story of a barber driven insane by vengeance. Like, you know, there's blood sledding, there's cannibalism, there's people going insane. It's like perfect. Yeah. And the music is incredible. Like, it's it's so beautiful. Sondheim's masterpiece. Yeah. That's easily Sondheim's masterpiece. That's our Sondheim. So do we have anything else to say about this, this wonderful Star Wars special we just watched? I, I would say... Oh, sorry, Adam. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, you go. You I go. would say it's, I, I would say it's um not quite as good as the ho- as the holiday special for me, if only because the holiday special was you know oh they're actually going for it and referencing, uh the holiday special again after this long, and and then just having just a total toy box fun time with it, but. I would say terrifying tales. It's it's pretty fun. I'd add it to my you know yearly Halloween movie playlist, and just yeah, just turn it on and have some fun. And it's great for kids and big nerds like me. So works for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you, Deagle, and in the sense that um, the the holiday special uh, I think it was tighter narratively. But I, I was really pleasantly surprised with this. I was probably going to skip it if Chandler hadn't asked me on this afternoon. Um, but I'm glad I watched it because it had all those horror references. So if you like Star Wars, if you like horror and you don't mind watching something a little bit silly, um, I, I would say, I mean, I say this at the end of probably what's going to be an hour and a half episode. So, I mean, you've already had it spoiled, but uh, yeah. I, I would suggest that people who, who want a little bit of spooky fun with Star Wars, um, this is definitely worth checking out. 
And you can we can talk about this after um, Matt and, and, and Chandler, you give your thoughts, but I wonder what holiday they're going to do next. I feel like this is going to be a, a tradition, but I don't know when we'll get it again. The Star Wars Valentine's Day special. No. I like that. Uh, the Star Wars Arbor Day special. Uh, <laughs> they go back to the Tree of Life. Ah! Yes! This Arbor Day, the Death Star turns into a tree. A tree. <laughs> just like they do with the Tower of Terror back in the just like they do with the Tower of Terror back in the day. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the old Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the old Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Charlie, I mean, I mean, you live in Florida. You must have been there when they turned it into a tree for Arbor Day. Yes. Well, maybe it was just a California thing because you know the promotional photo show California. Yeah. By the way, in case you guys don't know, we're we're, we're referencing the Some Jerk with a Camera Halloween episode. Yes. Yeah, they did turn it into a tree, but the worst part was that the way, the fast pass line already went by eight o'clock anyway. So, and dang new stuff. Lane, which is a little insensitive, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to the tree, when I, when I went to the Tree of Terror, um, uh, for some reason you were just playing Dueling American Pie versus. <laughs> by the way, if you guys haven't seen the bizarro commentary from Hal for some joke with the cameras Halloween episode, do it. It is, it, I mean, it's like batshit insane in the best way possible. I mean, the TV tropes even compared just to like bad lip readings. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, my thoughts. Um, I am more, I am not really that big on horror movies. Like I don't, I, I hate jump scares. I, you know, I, I scare easily. So I'm not like the big gruesome horror movies like Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like that. I like my horror a bit more uh delightfully dark macabre comedy like you know hocus pocus or the adams family films from 19 from the 1990s so and and again like you know i'm you know little shop and sweeney todd as i mentioned earlier but but so if you want something that's swims in dark comedy while also providing a little bit of scares i mean this is pretty good like you know it's uh, it's got some decent thrills in it d- few decent spooky parts but and, and of course it's, it's a barrel of laughs so if you just want to take a break from the heavy scares and do something a little bit more something a little bit more levity uh, pop this on disney plus if you have disney plus it's well worth the time yeah i agree with you guys it's just a fun special uh it, it fully takes advantage of being a Halloween special without actually having to reference that existing holiday in the Star Wars universe. Uh, I guess that's the one, uh, the one thing that makes the, the the holiday special a little stronger, which is kind of funny to say, um, is that they did have that lore to build on with Life Day, and they actually yeah. did use that, which I think mm-hmm. was, was fun. But this was still uh, a really good time, and I really like how it um like, like the lego star wars shorts frequently do it comments on what we've seen before but also builds on it um and it eh, builds on it painting yeah and it builds on it like legos would so does anything anyone have anything they want to plug um i do i have anything to plug? sure um you can follow me on twitter and letterboxd at adam j underscore film and we haven't posted anything there in quite some time but we're hoping to do something again on Theme Park Workshop. Uh, we've actually got a, a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge miniseries. So if you're looking to get a little primer there, um, I would definitely 
check that out. Uh, I'm not not to toot my own horn or Jonathan's horn, but um, uh, uh, our, our Galaxy's Edge Explained video has gotten a lot of great feedback. And if you watched it, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, it really means a lot. But uh, yeah, Theme Park Workshop, hope to hopefully have something there soon. Um, but if not, what's there? I hope you enjoy. Uh, by the way, Chandler, can I mention, uh, do you mind if I mention that I'm going to be on the podcast in two weeks' time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I don't really make it a tradition to plug my socials or anything, but I don't really do socials because I rarely post on my socials anyway. So I, mean, I basically use my socials just, to, I basically use my Twitter to interact with people, wonderful people like these. And um, uh, so, but I will plug the fact that I've been on three separate podcasts. Before this, I've been on two episodes of the podcast with Aqua Acronym, talking about Muppet Babies and Soul, respectively. And I've also been on Channel KRT and the Emperor's New Podcast. And um, oh, and by the way, I'm a, uh, I've uh, I'm also heard on Podcast United. I'm the voice of Doctor Honeydew doing a Propion from Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, not to spoil things for you, but. You'll be able, you, you'll you'll see me right back here on the podcast alcohol acronym in two weeks time, but to find out what I'm going to be talking about, you're just going to have to wait next week's episode to find out what we'll be talking about in two weeks. You'll have to wait, listen to next week's episode. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna spoil on uh, next week's episode in just a few moments, but so we're just gonna have to wait a few weeks. Yes, but trust me, it's going to be it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, we're looking. Oh, forward. you better believe it. Yes. <laughs> uh you if you've been listening to the podcast without a cool acronym you should probably know um all of my socials by now you can follow me on twitter at dgill2295 i have um <laughs> this is a bit of a running meme as it has been for the last couple episodes of the podcast without a cool acronym but i have finally finally finished the dumbo live tweet yay <laughs> And of course, to make up for it, I did a couple more live tweets of the um, first candidate for the next live tweet before I did my Odyssey with Dumbo. I live tweeted Venom, and I just recently posted my live tweet for Fantastic Four 2015. But when I'm not live tweeting at movies, I'm usually... I'm usually uh, yelling at other movies and just interacting with all of you wonderful people. And of course, plugging my YouTube channel, uh, DGill Vids, where I post my occasional gaming show, D Gaming, every week on Tuesday and Thursdays. And I just finished up the Armor Saga, where I get to talk, where I got to um, uh, pretty much tell a story with my Overwatch play of the games, starring everyone's favorite hammer-slinging German hero, Reinhardt. And be sure to keep an eye on my YouTube channel, as um, very soon I'm going to be having my second ever um, D-Gaming Halloween special coming up soon around Halloween, so keep your eyes peeled for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm now available on iHeartRadio and Audible. Leave us a review, give us five stars, and share us with your friends. The first episode of my cross-country adventure vlog series is out. That's Chandler's cross-country adventure vlogs on Starport 97. And that chronicles my whole adventure I took across the Midwest, going from Missouri up to Indiana to Ohio 
and then all the way back down to Florida going through Kentucky and Tennessee and the Carolinas, um, going to a whole bunch of theme parks on the way. It was a lot of fun, and I'm still working on the rest of the series. It should be dropping. More of that should be coming out soon-ish. And be sure to join us next week for the debut of a brand new series. It's the ghost. It's the ghost and Molly McGee. Right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. <laughs>